If you have your Bibles this morning, and you would, find two places with me. 1 Samuel chapter 12, and Luke chapter 23. And um, today, as we are preaching through the book of 1 Samuel, verse 12, verse by verse, you might be saying, Jake, it's Easter. There's no reason to be in the Old Testament today. But I believe that the Lord knows what we need um, long before we do. And uh, over all these years, we have trusted Him to just go through the Bible this way. And He has um, never failed yet. And I think today um, that as you leave here today, I hope that you will hear um, what the Bible says today. And I think it is absolutely um, in line with what we see from our Savior during the Easter celebration. Today, if you're taking notes, and I, I hope that you will, title the sermon, Moving Forward, Not Moving On. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but moving forward and moving on are two things, different things. Uh, moving forward, if you were to Google the definition of that, is to advance in position or progress means to advance. It means to continue to accomplish something together. Move on gives the idea of leaving something. Right? I hate my job. I'm moving on. Right? I don't like the way they treat me. My friends, I'm moving on. I don't like the way things are going. I'm moving on. And I want you to hear today that I believe that over the last year, uh, last year on Easter, um, we I was teaching from the parking lot. You were watching at home. And over the last year, it's been an interesting year. It's been a heartbreaking year. It's been so many emotions, I don't even think you can describe it heartily. But I believe that if you as an individual are going to move forward, I believe if you as a married couple are going to move forward, I believe if we as a church are going to move forward, we have to be willing to do something. And that is exactly what I want to talk to you this morning about. If you're familiar with where we're at in 1 Samuel chapter 12, um, the ministry of Samuel is coming to an end as a judge. They've asked for a king. Samuel, last week we looked at how God revealed Himself in the miraculous uh, natural events. And then we tied that to how Jesus on the cross, the miraculous natural event that God did. and But we looked last week that we all have a choice to make. And that choice defines who you are, what your marriage will be, what the church will be. But today I want to continue on and show you what the Bible says. And so if you would stand with me out of a reverence to the reading of the Word of God, we're going to start in verse 19 because I want you to hear the context of what we're looking at. So Samuel called, excuse me, in verse 19, And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins the evil of asking a king for ourselves. Then Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. You have done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from the following the Lord. But serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. For the Lord will not forsake His people 
for His great name's sake, because it pleased the Lord to make you His people. And this is where our verses start for this morning. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Pray with me. Father, today I come, Lord, just thankful for who you are. I do come today, Lord, asking forgiveness for any sin in my heart or in my life. Lord, I pray that you would speak, not me. I pray, Lord, that you would close my mouth when it needs to be closed and open it when it should be open. Father, I pray that you do something great and mighty for your name and your name alone. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes today, I only have one point. Only one point. And I believe the key to moving forward as an individual, as a marriage, and as a church is this. You have to be faithful regardless of what others do. You have to be faithful regardless of what others do. I didn't say your wife has to be faithful regardless of what others do. I didn't say it's necessary to your fellow church members to be faithful. It is necessary for you to be faithful regardless of what other people do. You see, Samuel is here at a point in his ministry where he has served all of these years. He has loved these people. He has sacrificed for these people. He has given everything that he has to serve God for this group of people. And listen to what they told him back in 1 Samuel chapter 8. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the Bible says these words, Now it came to pass when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Now don't miss this. Please don't miss this this morning. Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Now think about this. That happened in chapter 8. And here in chapter 12, they have acknowledged we have done the wrong thing. They've come to Samuel and they've said, please, Samuel, don't stop praying for us. Don't stop teaching us. Don't give us over to the judgment that we earn. And if I'm Samuel in that moment, let's be honest. And if you're Samuel in that moment, you are probably thinking this one word. Vindication! Right? I told you not to go that route. I warned you not to go that route. And here you are. But friends, I want to show you that Samuel was faithful 
even where others were not. And tonight, this morning, I want to show you the same applies to Jesus. Jesus was faithful even when others were not. You say, Jake, what does this have to do with me moving forward? Today, some of you have a relationship with God that is not where it used to be because of others. They've hurt you, they've failed you, they've let you down, and it has hindered your relationship with God. Some of you today are here in your marriage and things are as bad as they've ever been because one or the other of you have not been faithful, you've not been loving, you've not been kind. Today as a church, there are some of today that are not happy, un- unhappy, you're, you're hurt, you're, you're broken because of someone else. And today I want you to hear this. You cannot control anyone else. All you can do is be faithful. But today I want to tell you, all of us in our life think that we're the Samuel in this story. Right? All of us think we're the Samuel in every problem of our life. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't make any mistakes. I'm just waiting for them to come to me like the children of Israel did to Samuel. Today I want to say this. I am sorry. Last year in March when we decided it was best not to have church, over the last year we've made lots of decisions. I'll be the first to admit I have not taken it as serious as I should have. I have not always treated it with the respect and understanding that I should have. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry over the last year whether we didn't have enough chairs or we had too many chairs. We required masks or didn't require masks. I am sorry if that upset you. Over the last nine and a half years as your pastor, I have done wonderful things sometimes and I have done terrible things sometimes. And I am here today to tell you that I am sorry and to say that I want you to forgive me. You say, Jake, why are you saying that today? Because unlike most of you this morning that are sitting here with your halos on, I realize that I can hurt people. And when I stand before God someday... I don't want someone to have to explain to God, I could not have a relationship with the Lord because of Jacob Gray. Because that will sit well with your friends when you're talking bad about someone. It it sits well if I'm talking to Gary Bryling saying, can you believe what Brzezinski did to me? That really works well in that situation, which he hasn't, by the way. But I am telling you, that will not work on the day of judgment. God will say, why didn't you love me? Why didn't you forgive? Why didn't you reconcile? Why didn't you move forward for the glory and honor of Him? So this morning, I'm here today to tell you, I am sorry if I have hurt you in any way. And I'm here today to tell you, that if you have hurt me in any way, I forgive you. Why? Because you, as a husband and a wife, cannot move forward if you don't forgive. You can move on and not forgive. You can pack up today, take your stuff and leave. 
But that's not moving forward. That's moving on. You can sit in these chairs for the next 30 years disgruntled, unhappy, mad, angry at your deacon, at your pastor, at your Sunday school teachers, at, at, at your, your vacation Bible school workers, but it will not move forward. And friends, today you can sit here and you can be angry at God. Maybe you prayed for someone to be healed that wasn't healed. Maybe you prayed for a relationship that wasn't restored. And today you're here saying, I am so angry at God. I'm so angry. Friends, you will never be able to move forward until you are faithful to what God has asked you to do. You say, Jake, I don't understand how this has anything to do with Jesus. Well, look at Luke chapter 23 with me. What did Jesus say on the cross? In Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 33, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they were crucified Him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand, then Jesus said, what? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You say, well, I don't understand how that applies to Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 11. What does the Bible say? He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. You see, Jesus comes to the very people who are supposed to know Him and love Him, the children of Israel, the children of God, and they did not receive Him. You see, Jesus could have said, if that's the way you're going to be, I'm not going to die for you. If you're not going to recognize me and worship me, why would I die for people who do not love me? Over in the book of John chapter 18, the book of John chapter 18, we know that uh, Jesus has been betrayed by Judas. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm betrayed by people that are close to me, that's not usually the greatest moment of my life. But what? They come to arrest Jesus in John chapter 18, and I won't read it all just for the sake of time. And uh, as you know, they went to arrest him. Somebody decided that he was going to get out his sword, didn't he? Right? Peter gets out his sword, cuts the ear off of one of the temple guards who come to arrest him. And Jesus says, what? In verse 11, I want to read it to you. Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? You see, Jesus' faithfulness didn't depend on those who betrayed Him, and it did not depend on those who defended Him. You see, I don't want you to miss that. Because it's easy to be faithful when everyone likes you. Everyone likes the job that you're doing. Everyone pats you on the back. In those moments, it's easy to be faithful. But friends, your, the encouragement of others should not define your faithfulness any more than those who deny you should determine your faithfulness. And you see, Jesus was faithful regardless of people were willing to fight for Him or whether people were willing to betray Him. You are aware of the story of Peter, right? Jesus tells him, three times you will 
deny me. And as you watched in the play, or as you've read in your Scriptures, He did that, didn't He? That didn't mean that Jesus was any less faithful. Jesus did not go to the cross because others betrayed Him. Jesus didn't stop the crucifixion because a ten of the disciples ran from Him. One disciple betrayed Him. And the Bible says that John was faithful to Him. You see, it didn't matter what others did. Jesus had a purpose and a plan for His life and He was going to accomplish that. Why? Because He was faithful. He was faithful to the purpose and plan of God. And hopefully today you know what that purpose and plan was. It was for Him to go to the cross and to die for your sins and mine. But why was He faithful? Because He knew that death and the crucifixion wasn't the what? Wasn't the end. The resurrection was coming. You see, many of you today are going through trials and tribulations. Many of you are going through trials and tribulations in your marriage. Many uh, churches and, and people in these pews today are going through trials and tribulation. And what God wants you to hear today, I believe with all of my heart, is be faithful no matter if people are proud of you or not proud of you. If people are cheering for you or rooting against you. If people are faithful to you or they are unfaithful. If people are loyal or people are disloyal. If people are kind or if people are mean. Those are not the things you and I will answer to God for. I will answer for God to how I have responded in faithfulness or unfaithfulness. And so today I want to challenge you with that. To model the life that Jesus Christ lived. To be faithful regardless of the cost. Because His faithfulness did what? It purchased my forgiveness. His faithfulness purchased my victory. His faithfulness purchased my salvation. I believe that it was foreordained before the foundation of the world that Jesus was going to die on the cross. I don't believe that He could have or would have got out of that. I believe that that is exactly what was going to happen, did happen, and I'm glad it did happen. But can you imagine for just a moment if it didn't? Friends, you and I would be dead in our sins and trespasses. If it wasn't for the faithfulness of many people who have come before us to overcome adversity. Think of the Apostle Paul if every time someone spread a terrible rumor about it, he said, I'm not going to write 1 Corinthians. Or the first, the first time he was beaten and shipwrecked, he says, I don't think I'm going to write Ephesians. Or, well, you know what? Peter said, you know, I really messed up and denied the Lord. I don't, and even Paul had to correct me in front of other people. And so I don't think I'm going to write first or second Peter. Or, or what if the brother of the Lord said, you know what? I didn't even believe that he was the son of God. I'm not going to write the book of James. You see, no, because they were faithful. God used them to bless us through the reading of God's Word. Through the faithfulness of Jesus, we are blessed to have salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And some of you today are at a decision and a point that the blessings of future generations hinges on your faithfulness. Husbands and wives, are you going to be faithful to forgive and to love and to move forward? 
and to see the blessings of that with your children. As an individual today, are you willing to forgive? Or are you willing to saw, let God soften your heart that He can continue to use you? Are you going to say, no, I will not forgive. I'm going to harden my heart. I shall not be moved. And then third and finally, are we as a church? We've all got different opinions. We've all had different feelings. We've all been hurt. We've hurt others. And today I want to ask you this question because I believe it depends on if we move forward or if we never accomplish anything. Is that simple question. Can I forgive? Can I be faithful to forgive like Jesus was? You see, I can't imagine what it was like to be on the cross. I can't even comprehend, even during an Easter play like this, and, and you see just a, a small, dramatic production of it. I cannot imagine what it would have been like. I can't imagine the pain and agony of that. I can't imagine the pain and agony of God pouring out His judgment on Jesus. I can't imagine it. But I can promise you this. I wouldn't have done it for you. I don't even know if I would have done it for my own children. But I'm thankful that Jesus was faithful. That even in the garden when He prayed, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup Pass from me. You see, that's faithfulness. Jesus went through trials and tribulations. Paul went through trials and tribulations. Peter went through trials and tribulations. John went through trials and tribulations. And every Christian that has ever lived has went through trials and tribulations. Trials and tribulations are not what define you. It is the faithfulness of God in those tribulations and you being faithful as well. So my challenge this Easter to you is, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful to what God has asked you to do? Or will you not? You see, I think this is something that we forget about Easter. We win. We win. Yeah, life is hard and it's difficult. People are dumb. I get it, all right? Sin is terrible. The consequences of sin are awful. But friends, I cannot control the consequences of sin in the world. I can't keep an infant from dying. I can't keep you from being diagnosed with cancer. I can't keep people from telling lies about you. You can't protect your kids from every bully at school. You can't control every person that you do business with whether or not they're going to be honest and have integrity. You cannot control those situations. But what you can control is when you're wronged and when you're hurt and when you're suffering is that you will be faithful to continue to serve God and to honor God. I want to read you Samuel's words one more time because I want you to hear this today in verse 23. Moreover, this is Samuel's response to them, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and right way. 
Today I want you to know that you're not here by an accident. You're not married by accident. You don't have kids by accident. You don't have grandkids by accident. You're not a Sunday school teacher by accident. You're not a deacon by accident. You're not a, you're not a, uh, whatever you are, you're not a, that because of an accident. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He has called you. He has equipped you and friends to let other people Dictate your faithfulness to God is one three-letter word that you read in there. I want you to see it. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should what? Sin against the Lord. And what? Not praying for them. I have two books at home. One is a great big black book. And every family that attends this church has a page. And I try to pray for you every day. I don't do it every day anymore. I just Some days I just can't. But I try to pray for you at least five days a week. I also have another book. And that book is for people who have never attended 10 Mile but have prayer requests. That is a book for people who have attended 10 Mile but no longer attend 10 Mile. And do you know how much I pray for them compared to how much I pray for you? Exactly the same. You know why? Because God telling me to pray for you does not depend on whether or not you want me to. It doesn't even depend on if you like me. I am going to pray for you. Why? Because in this verse right here, it says when God has called you to do something and you stop doing it because of other people, it is... And so today I want to ask you to get along with God. And say, Lord, anything in my heart that's keeping me from serving you, God, anything that's keeping me from taking that next step in faith, anything, God, that's keeping me from moving forward in my relationship with you, Lord, help me. Husbands and wives, today I want you to know that whatever is keeping you from moving forward as a couple, from moving forward as parents, you're going to have to get alone with God and say, Lord, help me to forgive them. Help me to trust them. Help me to to be the spouse that they need. And third and finally, church, I'm asking that of you. Today, who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to reconcile with? Who do you need to reach out to? What can you do today to show God, Lord, I know that you've called me to do this, but I've just been wanting to quit. I've just been wanting to give up. I've just been wanting to to lay down. And the Lord is saying, that's not what I want from you. That is what you want. Because friends, I believe as an individual, because of Jesus, you can have victory. I believe as a married couple, because of Jesus and the resurrection, you can have victory. I believe we as a church, regardless of all that has happened, regardless of all that we've done, can have victory because of one reason, Jesus Christ. The fact that He died on a cross, that He was buried and that He rose again. That's what we're here today to celebrate is a resurrection that gives us victory over sin and death. But most of us think that victory only happens when you get to heaven, and that's not true. Victory happened the moment that Jesus rose from that grave. It didn't depend on you at all. It didn't depend on me at all. And guess what? Friends, today if you'll trust Him, as the Lord and Savior of your life. Today, if you will trust Him 
as the head of your home. Today, if we will trust Him as the head of His church, friends, we can see spiritual victories. But most of us are so happy with ties that we don't want victories. Right? My marriage isn't bad. It's not really great. But we don't fight. We don't argue very much. So it's really not bad. God wants more for you than just a roommate. God wants someone for you to love and to pray with and to live life with and trust with and laugh with and and to experience joy and all of these things. You say, well, I come to church and I... I just come in and sneak out. I try not to get involved. I, I know how Baptists are. I don't, I get you. I understand. That's not what God wants from you. God wants you to serve and to love and to care and participate and be a part of making a difference in someone else's life. And friends, that only happens today when you recognize that Jesus Christ has been faithful to us and He expects us to be faithful regardless of what other people do. You say, Jake, this was the worst and most different Easter sermon I have ever heard. Guess what? I don't care. This is where we were. This is, I believe, what God has said. And I believe we can either make the choice to do it and see victory, or if we don't, friends, we're going to experience defeat. As an individual, if you won't be faithful, if we as a couple and our marriages won't be faithful, and we as a church won't be faithful, I do not believe God is going to bless. And so today my challenge is to you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, is as an individual, I'm asking you today, I'm not asking your neighbor, I'm not asking anyone else, do you know today that you have repented of your sins that you believe that Jesus Christ died upon the cross and rose from the dead, and that you have repented of your sins and asked Him to save you and to forgive you. Because, friends, if you haven't, you have no victory. But you can. Today, if you'll come to Jesus, if you'll come to Jesus, you can find forgiveness, hope, all that encompasses the resurrection. As an individual today, I'm asking you, have you quit? Maybe you're saved. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you've let the way others have treated you or dealt with you hinder your relationship with God. Today, I want you to know that I've been there. Everyone has been there. But today, don't let someone else rob you of you being faithful to God. Couples, today I'm asking you, you, have you really had a home that was built upon a love for Jesus? That Jesus is the one that is leading and guiding your marriage? Or are you more like roommates? Because today you can have a relationship that is led by Jesus Christ. That He's in control You can have that today. But it's going to have you coming and saying, Lord, help me. And third and finally, church, I want you to know, I believe God is doing amazing things in this place. And it's not because of you or it's not because of me. 
I'm thankful that we saw three people saved during our revival. We saw two people saved during our Easter play. We saw three baptisms. We've got many, many more. New families coming every week. But today I want you to know there are people hurting in this congregation today. Hurting over our actions. Hurting over my actions. Hurting over yours. And Today the only way that we can move forward is by saying, God, I'm not going to let others define me being faithful. And so today would you come and say, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to, to ask for forgiveness. Lord, help me to do whatever's necessary that I can be faithful when I stand before you one day. And today remember that everything that good that's going to happen in this place today and the years to come is because Jesus Christ arose from that tomb and won the victory. And today, no matter what you do business with God about, if that's not where it starts, you'll never truly win. If you would stand today with every head bowed and every eye closed, as Jamie begins to sing, these altars are open. Today, if you're ready to give your heart and life to Jesus, I'll be standing right here, right out front. I'd love to talk to you. Send you to someone else that'd love to talk to you. Or maybe you need to just come pray about something else. These altars are open. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you. Pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.